From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. The United States has dominated the technological revolution reshaping the world. But in the push for the latest mobile technology, 5G, lawmakers worry the U.S. is behind rivals abroad, particularly China. Some, like Virginia Senator Mark Warner, are asking whether the government needs to move faster in managing the distribution of the wireless spectrum on which high-speed service depends. President Donald Trump has aimed his fire at the Chinese firm thought to be at the vanguard of the technology, Huawei, with trade sanctions. My guest today, Gopal Ratnam, is CQ Roll Call's senior technology reporter and the author of a new CQ magazine cover story on the U.S.'s quest to catch up. Welcome, Gopal. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for being on the show today. Of course. Thank you. So explain to our listeners first, what's 5G? So 5G is the next generation of mobile communication technology. Um, So almost all of us use what is now called the 4G. And, uh, you know, in simple terms, what that means is if you are on a subway, you have your phone out and you can now watch video text um, and make phone calls. And that's the 4G. But 5G is going to take that to a whole different level uh, where you can not only watch uh, videos and do all of the things that you're doing now, um, but it will help, for example, self-driving cars talk to each other. And it's potentially possible that um, factory operators can um, you know, operate lifts and machines remotely using their you know, handheld devices without having to be on the shop, shop floor. Right. They t- a lot of these things fall into what they call the Internet of Things. Exactly. Devices that require the Internet to function. That's exactly right. So, um, so, you, so this, is a, this is a series of technologies. It's not one thing, but it's a series of technologies that come together um, and are called 5G, or in other words, fifth generation of mobile communication technology. So the idea that the United States is behind here when it comes to the Internet which we invented, right? It might surprise some people. How are we behind? So a couple of things. I mean, my story talks about how um, we don't have a single company in the United States that now makes the core or the guts of this network. Um, All the switches and all the electronics and components um, that go to making the 5G technology, we don't have a single American company that makes it. So the top companies in the world, as you noted, are China's Huawei technologies, and then followed by um, the European companies Nokia and Ericsson. We used to have some of the top technology companies in the world, um, Lucent and Bell Labs and Motorola, and all of them have gone out of business in the last uh, you know decade or so. Some of them have been bought by the European companies, which in turn have sold them to Chinese companies, so we don't really have a horse in the race. So... We have this thriving technology sector, Silicon Valley. Why haven't uh, firms gotten into this space? So Silicon Valley, as we know, I mean, companies like Facebook and Google and Twitter and all of them are essentially companies that are riding on top of this, you know, um, highway, so to speak. And so they are basically building the cars and the vehicles that are running on the highway. But we're now talking about the companies that are actually building the highway. 
Uh, and so those are that's that's what Huawei is doing. It's building the highway. Nokia is building the highway. And what we're left doing is just building the cars and the vehicles that would potentially run on this highway. So, so how did we get into this position? I mean, you'd think American firms would see money to be made here and get into this space. Well, they did. I mean, so if you look at the history of uh, a company like Lucent, which is a spinoff of Bell Labs, which made some of the biggest discoveries in electronics and communication that you know enabled internet. I mean, they made a series of bad bets in early 2000s. And following the dot-com bust of 2001, a lot of these companies went out of business. So they made, you know, their profits and sales plummeted, number of employees they lost. And so they got, you know, this is just how the marketplace in the United States works. Um, companies that make short-term poor bets go out of business, and that's, that's what happened to these companies. So China isn't known for its technological savvy it's uh, got a semi-state-run economy. How is Huawei uh, dominating here? So what happened here is, again, if you step back, the United States is considered to be the world leader in the deployment of what we now know as the 4G or slash LTE, which is another term for advanced 4G technology. Right, we see that on our phones. Exactly. That, those letters. Um, so what that means is, you know, high-speed 4G. And so the United States was very successful in deploying it around the country. Um, and China saw that, and they said they wanted to be on top of the on top of that race when it comes to the next generation of technology, which is five G. So they spent in the last part of the decade about one hundred and fifty billion dollars in investing in technology, educating their engineers, and making sure, like you said, they are a centrally controlled um, economy, industrial policy economy, and they provided exclusive licenses and help to Huawei so that they can become the dominant player in China and subsequently around the world. So there's some advantage perhaps to being a state-controlled country, a uh, country with a very strong state that dictates these In policies. fact, a couple of uh, the people that I talked to in my story say that they are surprised that a country that has this centrally planned economy has managed to actually use and gain advantage in a market economy by using that very focused attention on, um, you know, a series of technologies wanting to gain advantage. You had Christopher Ray, the FBI director, up on the Hill on July 23rd talking about Chinese theft of intellectual property. Was this about Huawei? Well, it is about Huawei and uh, the broader, um, uh, you know, Chinese companies that have been accused in the last several months of having stolen a lot of American intellectual property. And... One of the elements that um, the Trump administration has pointed to in its uh, opposition to Huawei is the fact that Huawei itself has taken and stolen U.S. intellectual property to build its uh, technological capability. And uh, Donald Trump, the president, is going after Huawei. Talk about that and, and how that fits into all this. So this is sort of, you know, this sort of a technological raise has got enmeshed in the broader trade war the, you know, the Trump administration is waging against China. And so the administration has done a couple of things. One, it wants to, you know, stop Huawei from becoming the de facto supplier of 5G around the world. And so the United States has put pressure on the UK and Germany and, you know, several other allies around the world, telling them not to buy five Huawei's technology, which, by the way, is apparently much cheaper. And China is offering very cheap loans to buy it if you can't afford it. So that's number one. And number two... Uh, the administration has banned um, the selling of U.S. technology to Huawei. 
we should, at that point, I should note that there is still some areas of technology where the United States really dominates, certain kinds of microchips. For example, Qualcomm is a technology company that's based in the United States that makes some of those very high-end chips, and they also do this, you know, the basic architectural design for how 5G ought to be working. So they have all these patents. And so, you know, China basically depends on those patents. So those are the two elements, those are the two aspects that the Trump administration is using to push back on Huawei, but not quite successfully. Has Huawei done, done something wrong, or is this just uh, a bat, an economic battle? Uh, so but there's also a national security angle to it, because Huawei is suspected of having very close ties with Chinese intelligence agencies. So the fear is that once they build this so-called highway around the world, they can then very easily listen and snoop and eavesdrop on everything that Americans are doing, government is doing, plus all the allies. Okay, your cover story was was about how Washington is thinking about this issue and how to regain the lead here. Uh, who's thinking about it and what are their ideas? So multiple things. I mean, because of a lot of pressure from um, the industry and some lawmakers, so the administration um, last year said they were looking at a better way to manage the spectrum. Um, in the United States. And so there is now a huge effort to produce what is called a national spectrum strategy. And also there's been um, some effort to uh, try and lower the regulatory hurdle for mobile carriers. So like AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile and Sprint, because they, these companies have to install now a series of cell phone towers around the country to you know, do 5G. And so the administration is trying to see if they can uh, make it easier for them to work with, you know, small state and local governments across the country to put these cell sites sooner rather than um, take the usual time. One of the lawmakers you interviewed was Virginia Senator Mark Warner, I mentioned earlier. He got rich in the telecom sector. Here's what he had to say. I don't think in many ways that we as a nation have fully appreciated all of the economic, political, and candidly just kind of social benefits that our country enjoyed by being the technology setter and the standard setter. That, that is all up for grabs right now. Okay, Gopal, you mentioned spectrum. Now what's spectrum and why is it so important to all this? I think a lot of people will get tripped up on what is spectrum, but I think it's an easy way to understand it. So imagine a sort of like a very, you know, very high speed superhighway all around us, right? And so this is a superhighway on which um, you have, uh, you know, light, messages, energy, all of them traveling at various speeds. Um, and so someone needs to regulate it. And so in the United States, it's the Federal Communication Commission that regulates who gets to use which of these lanes. These to are the walk. airwaves that we get our TV signals on, our cell phone signal, uh, that... A radio uh, and your microwave and even the switching of your light in your home and the light reaches you, it's coming because of it's using a certain amount of spectrum. And the government determines who gets to use different airwaves. Exactly. Frank Pallone, the New Jersey Democrat who chairs the House Energy and Commerce Committee, is among those who's criticized the administration for its handling of the spectrum. Here's what he had to say. I'm increasingly concerned that this administration is not up to the task. It seems that as a nation, we're somehow unable to cobble together a coherent policy for managing our airwaves. Right now, there's a leadership vacuum, and I'm concerned that too few people in our government understand that our agency's spectrum needs must be coordinated and the government must speak with one voice. So redistributing it for this 5G purpose sounds simple. Why isn't it? 
So in the United States, because we have a huge government machinery, uh, both the military and intelligence, they end up taking up a good chunk of so-called beachfront property on spectrum, um, you know, for, you know, intelligence gathering, for communications and, you know, ship to shore, military jets and so on. So a lot of that is not available, unlike in some of the other countries around the world. Um, so now the FCC and the Department of Commerce are working to see how much of that can be freed up and can be made available for commercial use for mobile carriers. But at the same time, I should note that the Federal Communication Commission has auctioned what is called a high-end spectrum, um, where you know the sound and messages travel extremely fast, but for short distances. Um, and there's also in that there's still some confusion, and uh, because agencies like NASA and the Weather Forecasting Agency are saying if those some of their frequencies are used for 5G communication, it could interfere with their satellite signals. And in fact, the weather forecaster said it could really, uh, really hurt the forecasting exactly. that's going on and delay, you know, knowledge about when a hurricane's going to strike, et cetera. Exactly. So. Uh, lawmakers are, are also thinking about the spectrum, and there are some proposals in Congress, right, to, to kind of force the government's hand here? Right. So the biggest um, push in Congress and among industry in Washington now is to get the FCC to auction what is so-called mid-band, uh, which is what um, many of the other countries that are in the 5G race, so to speak, have done. And the goal is because, again, like we said, it's the beachfront property and the signals travel further and it's, you know, ideal for 5G. So that's where the whole focus is now. And FCC has said they are, in fact, looking at auctioning some of that uh, airwaves in the coming months. All right, Gopal, we'll look forward to your future reports on this in CQ and Roll Call. Thanks for coming Thank on you. the show. Thanks for having me. You can find Gopal's CQ magazine cover story in the July 29th issue. That does it for us today. Thank you for joining us. The producers of this show are Tula Vlahu, Meredith Roten, and Michaela Rodriguez. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us.